All right. I'm ready. It's another edition of the Falls Cast, brought to you by the Falls Tree Press in beautiful Calga Falls, Ohio. Today, as we're recording, it's Sunday, September 10th, 2023. And Mm. I just got to say... It's becoming fall. Yeah. It's getting darker, like, earlier, and I'm just not liking it. I love the cool weather. Cooler. Cooler weather's great, but when it's starting to get, like, darker earlier, I'm getting confused. I'm thinking it's 9 o'clock, but it's only 8 o'clock, and it's just, it's messing me up. It's because you're old. I'd do that in the middle of the day. (laughs) (laughs) We're here with some of our favorite false casters, but not all of them. We've got Mike. Hello. Suzanne. Hello. Cassie. Good morning. And myself, Bart. We don't Yay. have delays with us, unfortunately, but... No. Boo. Yeah. Maybe they'll pop in later. Not sure. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they'll join. Who knows? On this episode, we will have two interviews. What? Two. Oh, we will have goodness. our both council-at-large candidates. We'll have current council-at-large councilwoman Mary Nichols-Rhodes coming up first, and then followed by an interview where Tom Sullivan interviews council-at-large candidate Jeff Ayula. Great. This is going to be a good one. Be sure to check out our website. We've got some new articles popping up. City we Council, do. City Council is back in session, so we will Woo-hoo. still ha- keep having up the City Council minutes. And then two new book reviews I, ri- I have written. One that just mm-hmm. came out last Friday. Yeah. One that I really enjoyed, Sweet Little Lies by Karen Norden, a uh, yeah. Falls alumnus. It's really cool. In Great. which um, I, I will say... In, I don't know if I said it in my review, but I definitely figured I definitely figured out while I was reading it. And it was, she really she announced um, during an Instagram video recently that, yeah, the high school in the book, absolutely based on false eye. No way. That's cool. <laughs> you know, including some of the things that are falling apart. <laughs> like the band director from Funky Weaker Bean being modeled after Felbush. Yeah. Uh, keep sending your feedback to us. Tell us what you think of the show. You can email those to us at falsefreepress at gmail.com. And get a hold of us on Facebook. Uh, review us whatever podcast catcher you use. And finally, if you are a council candidate and we have not gotten a hold of you, check your messages. Yes, we please. We certainly have. We've tried. Uh, we reached out to everybody. Yes, we have. Or you guys have reached out to everybody. <laughs> Or if you don't have the email and you want to be on this, you can email us at Mike. What's that email address? Falsefreepress at gmail.com. Oh, now he did it better than me. Forget it. You're fired. I can't have that. <laughs> so anything going on before we hop into the round table? Uh, no. Nope. Yard work, yard work, and more yard work. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, we, I was going to have you guys come over and then I got the ick or whatever. With I don't know if it was the weather or what it was, but... Yeah, we're definitely going to have to. You didn't want to see Kathy. That was a secret. That was a, Mike. Sorry, Kathy. Yeah, once I said I was available, you canceled it. I did. Was that weird? You're like, shoot, (laughs) Kathy's available. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. This change of weather, I think it has to be the change of weather. It's getting to me, man. That's the time of year to take care of your lawn and close up shop and get stuff ready for next spring. Start those activities now. He did it. Do it, do it. insane amount of work back here and i i don't know if Cuyahoga falls still does that um like the garden show thing mm-hmm. where you go and look at it i really want to do that next year 
or the year after maybe because we need to give it two years or so for it to grow but that'd be so fun for people it might come in it might come in by next year yeah i think so i have to check it out if anybody and our listeners know please reach out and let us know because he did a fabulous job we have a friend who does gardening and it is gardening what is it what is this a gardening garden Garden evolution evolution He's on Instagram. Definitely check him out. He is a friend of ours and he came over and helped us and told us where to put plants and divided things that we didn't even think about. And he is remarkably great. So check out his Instagram, follow him. He's, he's really awesome. Yeah. Look up Brad Johnson and his handle is garden evolution. Garden evolution. Yep. Definitely. 100%. He has a evolution. Yeah, fantastic he has fantastic plants or whatever and he does his own in his backyard and he has pictures of what he's doing all the time and it's just super fun so so does he actually do the landscaping or just design he is starting oh. to do both yeah yeah he was actually I, he worked with mike so um he was yeah, unfortunately he was, one of them that got to when they closed yeah, up the shop. He, he was my counter and i mean he, he likes to do more design aspect stuff but i mean he does do the actual physical work but when um being that it was our property, I'm like, hey, I'll go out and buy everything and do whatever. I'm like, I just don't know what to buy or what to put where and how to take care of stuff. So he just kind of came over and was like, here, do this, 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 laid out everything and then just sat back and pretty much watched me dig all the holes and just kind of, you know, helped out here and there. But like usually he was dividing plants while I was putting the plants in the ground and whatnot. And But no, he's I need someone to his knowledge is insane. <laughs> Oh, he's fabulous. Yeah, I would definitely recommend. I think that's what he's going to try to do now um, that he doesn't, you know, have to work full time at a nine to five job or whatever. Yeah, so I that's, think he's going to be trying to do that. I mean, he would be more than happy to come over and, you know, give you ideas or be like, you know, he's more into native plants and, yeah. you know, pollinators and stuff, you know, which mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, more into perennials, you know, kind of like how I am. And it's like, I'd rather just plant it once and forget about it. You know, I'm gonna be doing the crap every year. But, but no, he's good. He'd be, you know, like, what are you, what are you looking for? You're looking for low maintenance. You're looking for, you know, stuff you want to change up. You just want some covers, whatever. And he'll just give you ideas, go out, you put it in. You well, know. I can't put it in because of my back. So. And yeah. That, so. Well, I know that's that what, he that's does. What Patrick's for. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, his back is worse than mine. So. <laughs> Jeez. That's well, what Ben's he, for. <laughs> I think he will do it. I just don't know how much he charges. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I don't remember what, I mean, well, he will. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah, I got to pay for it. That's not a problem. Yeah. That's no issue. Kathy Moneybags McBenemy over there. Yeah, she's just. <laughs> well, I mean, within reason, of course. No, yeah, I know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> like a whole month's salary in a week. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. But no, he, I, I would highly recommend him. Yep, definitely. What about you guys? What do you guys do? Anything this last week? We went out to um, breakfast last week with, um, Yes. The whole gang, the Falls Free Press gang, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Where, di- where did we, we went to Farmer's Boy, Farmer. I think. Farmer Boy, yeah. Yeah, so just a good, solid breakfast. It was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, went out to dinner last night to Applebee's for his birthday, finally. It's- oh, yay! I forgot that Patrick and Kaylee's birthday was the same day. I forget that every year, too. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, my gosh, it's the same day. Yeah. Our youngest has turned 21, so watch out, world. We did go mm. to out to eat, and she ordered a drink and whipped out her ID and stuff. So, <laughs> which 
we had she didn't get carded actually which was funny she didn't get carded and i probably because she was with us you know yeah but i was like it's i got carded last night though she did get carded last night that's great i know you once you hit that age you want to get carded it's like come on exactly (laughs) i want to get carded still and i don't so that's that's sad (laughs) it's like don't you need to see my id no you're good you're fine fuck (laughs) what about you bart what'd you do I didn't really do much. I was laid up with a migraine on Friday, so. Don, you get migraines with the weather, too? With the weather, and then I was sleeping with the air conditioning on, so it's been been bad. Row by row, gonna make this garden grow. Gonna mulch it deep and low. Gonna make it fertile ground. Inch by inch. So into her roundtable, State Representative Bob Young has officially resigned from the Ohio House this past week following allegations of domestic violence and violating a restraining order. His resignation is effective October 2nd to allow for a replacement to allow for the replacement process. Young was charged with domestic violence back in July after allegedly slapping a family member at a private party and then charging a different family member to enter his home. Weeks later, he was arrested for violating a protection order preventing him from contacting family members. As a condition of his release from jail, he was ordered to wear a monitor. Uh, Back in 2020, we covered a story in which a building connected to Young caught fire where arson was suspected. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but... (laughs) Oh, this dude is a character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad that he did resign because I think that was the best um, situation. It It sounds like it was much of a forced forced resignation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was, but it would have been a lot of the Republicans were telling him like, no, dude, dude, you got to step down. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. More as that story continues. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Oh, geez. (laughs) Yep. Hmm. This year's annual open house of the historic Oakwood Chapel at Oakwood Cemetery, hosted by the Ladies Cemetery Association, will be held Saturday, October 7th at 11 a.m. There will be a presentation about the history and symbolism of the chapel's 12 stained glass windows, which have been completely restored, the final six windows having been finished just this year. Oh, that's really cool. So, um... I'm assuming the uh, Ladies Cemetery Association was part of the restoration of the stained glass windows. Yes. Were they part of that? That's that is really cool. That's nice that they do that. How do they do they have any kind of um, how do they make money? How do they earn money? <laughs> do they have any kind of like fundraisers or is there any way? we Well, can this help is them? a free event to the public, but I okay. imagine this is one of those where, you know, they they're asking for money. OK, yeah, no, that'd be fair. And if they're not, I'm sure you can find out how to, how to, you know, donate. Yes, or maybe become a member. Maybe it's membership dues or. Yeah. Yeah. Very remember. nice. I think I, was in that, I think I was in that once as a kid. I was just going to ask if you guys been in it. I can't remember. I like it. I'm not it. Yeah, I don't remember it. But I mean, because I think my grandma might have been part of that or something, but or she had connections. But 
it was kind of cool. I mean, it's super tiny. I mean, yeah, it's oh, not yeah. big at all, but it was kind of cool. But I don't remember any significance of the stained glass windows or anything. So it'd be kind of cool to check out. I'm a fan of stained glass windows. I think that is a lost art and I don't have the talent to be able to figure out how to do it, but I really think it's kind of cool. Especially something that big. Das Oktoberfest findet on Komodonen Wochenende von 15 bis 17 September statt. Es wird wie immer zwei Bühnen mit Musik und Wanderakkordian Musik geben. Außerdem findet am Samstag um halb sechs Uhr um halb sechs Uhr ein Popcorn FS Twerb in Paddle Park statt, gesponsert von Metropolis Popcorn. Tickets für den Wettbewerb kosten 20 US Dollar und der Gewinner erhat eine Meisterschaftsgürtel und 100 US Dollar. <laughs> that was so sick! Awesome. Yes, yes, that is great. I used great. in German 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did you just say, Bart? Oktoberfest <laughs> is next weekend. Yay! <laughs> also, there's U.S. dollars involved. Something dollars, yeah. I got popcorn out of that, paddle. I mean, I, I love I that 20. popcorn is yeah. not... Cannot be translated. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it can. Maybe popcorn is just a word. Yeah, yeah. I think the only really the only word that I know in German is what Tesafum. Tesafum, <laughs> which is like Scotch tape or something. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> so yeah, Oktoberfest is next weekend. Uh, two stages of music, traveling accordion music, plus there's going to be a popcorn eating contest in Paddle Park. Sponsored by Metropolis Popcorn. That is pretty uh, awesome. Saturday at 3.30. Tickets are $20. The winner will get $100 plus a championship belt. And hopefully a nobody Meister chokes. A Meisterschaftsgürtel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Meisterschaftsgürtel. Those eating contests don't make me really nervous. I'm always afraid someone's going to choke. Yes. Especially with popcorn. Ugh. The hot dog ones make me nervous if someone choking. Yeah. But especially popcorn, because you've got all the little bits. Can you say popcorn in German, please? Apparently, it's popcorn. <laughs> das popcorn. They're popcorn. I can guarantee Google Translate is never the best. Um, ich bin eine popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, popcorn. According to Google Translate, it is das popcorn. Hey, okay. That's funny. Uh, I don't know if well what the heck is that is like totally off subject i i do like like you listen to certain other linguistic you know whatever and like say you know spanish channels or you know german or whatever and they they have the accent let's say and then it comes to the american word like popcorn and it comes out just or the english word popcorn yeah. and it comes out just popcorn there's like the, they lose the yeah. accent altogether yep. and then it goes right back to it it's funny sometimes so apparently according to google translate there's two different word das popcorn really? or der poof mace poof mace okay or do der poof mice poof hmm. mice and i feel like poof mice is more the proper term i say because yeah. hmm, poof mice hmm. well if anybody can speak german obviously a little better than us that's true he did he did a great job i'm not say, not taking that away from you <laughs> but four of those were in high school yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
true. <laughs> so finally, Parks and Rec will hold the Fall Family Fun Fest. Say that five times fast in German. <laughs> Fall's Family Fun Fest in German. I don't think I could say in German. <laughs> well, uh, this will be at Waterworks Park on Saturday, September 23rd from 2 to 5. This is going to be a combination of many different events from previous years and will include everything from obstacle courses, a petting zoo, bounce houses, hay rides, axe throwing, I'm assuming right next to the bounce houses. I hope so. I'm going. <laughs> I'm throwing axes at the bounce house. Wait, this is for kids? <laughs> yeah. I'm a big Axe kid. Axe throwing and archery. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Food trucks, live music and magic, and so much more. Oh, okay. So axes. actually, axes I've... at the archers that are in the bounce house. <laughs> I've actually always wanted to do the axe throwing. I think I would suck at it. I don't even know if I would make it through the entire course or whatever. I'd just probably throw it and it would just like land on my foot or something. But I think that would be fun. Looking up axe throwing now. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a date night? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I know they have some local somewhere. They do. They do. But I don't know if Mike wants to take me with, or he wants to go with me to go axe throwing. Hell yeah. We'll go axe throwing. This is how he lost his foot. Depends on how mad you are at him. Exactly. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. All right, guys. Guess what time it is. Bart's arts, Bart's arts, Bart's arts, Bart's arts. Who's doing it? Bart. Okay, yep, that was good. All right, it was all right. Miss not Steven. Steven. It's not no Steven. No. Can't do it. Oh, wow. No! So, under Bart's Arts this week, John Oliver is going to be live at the Akron Civic Theater on October. Woo! I love him so much. I think that's awesome. I was very excited to see that. Apparently, tickets start at $64. Yeah, we can't afford to go, but <laughs> it's so exciting that he's coming to Akron. <laughs> I was iffy on the $25 tickets for a podcast festival. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, John, um, now being as you know, he still can't get back to his TV show. Why? What's going on with that? Because the writer's strike is still happening. He has oh, no writers, that's including that's himself. Right. Oh, <laughs> is that the reason why he's coming to he's starting yeah. to do some shows and stuff? Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Okay. Why well, we've had all summer without him. I was. I didn't even put two in together. I'm I'm an idiot, but yeah, that makes sense. So next, Weathervane Playhouse's most of my arts news isn't even the Call of Falls. <laughs> yeah, well. Weathervane Playhouse's Monster Movie Masquerades for Kids will be October 20th with trick-or-treating at 6 p.m., followed by the film Hotel Transylvania. Plus, there will be a costume contest, so dress to scare. The movie bundle is $20 for kids and $10 for accompanying adults. Uh, for just trick-or-treat, it's 15 So the movie bundle is $20 for kids. Is that $20 a kid or $20 yeah. a group of... Okay. For, yeah, $20 per kid. Basically, they're saying it's $5 for the movie and then mm-hmm. $15 for trick-or-treat. Okay. All right. Do we have to bring a kid? Do we have to go steal says, a kid? It says, I'm two kids. That's it true. says adults must be accompanied by a child. Darn it. I'm going to, well, we're going to go steal a kid. And finally, learn the basics of color mixing and composition. Create nature-themed watercolors at the Quirk Cultural Center 
on October 14th from 10 to 12. Uh, taught by Anna Joel Falconweeb. Uh, and I'll have the link in our show notes for that if anyone's interested in signing up for watercolors. All right. I am not a painter by any means. I prefer the brown finger paint. Oh, jeez. See, I know. I can't. I just... <laughs> we want to thank our listeners for joining us this week. And we want to thank both Mary and Jeff for speaking with us as well. Yeah. Stick around for those interviews just now. Uh, Woo! 20 minutes as of recording. <laughs> Ooh. We have 20 minutes now. Prepare. 20 minutes later. Um, 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 uh. Remember, we do want to hear your ideas for potential interviewees, potential articles, ideas for the show, ideas for the paper, ideas for life in general. Please. Yes, that'd be great. 42. That is the answer. That's that the answer. The, That's yeah. not. Uh, ideas. Oh, damn. Uh, you can email us those. At fall3press at gmail.com. And remember, we always uh, are happy if you re- review us on your whatever podcast station you use. Mm-hmm. So... For now, we'll say goodbye and hope you join us next time. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye-bye. All right. So right now we have Mary Nichols Rhodes um, joining us for an interview. She is currently the city council at large and she is running for re-election for that position. She was our council representative for I don't know how many years. How many years was that that you seven were? Seven plus. In, seven and a half. Seven and a half years. Um, ward four. So she is now currently she is the council at large and she's running for re-election. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate that. Thank you all. I'm very happy to be here to see your lovely faces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let me turn my camera off then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So can you briefly introduce yourself and explain what motivates you to run for city council? Sure. So I got involved in, uh, I would say, uh, an activist in progressive issues, probably starting in 2004. And Anyway, at some point in time, you know, people started to encourage me to run for office, which, you know, your first reaction is, oh, you know, not me. But then you start to look (laughs) at who does hold office and you think I can do that. And um, I feel absolutely that as a woman, uh, I was a single mom. I guess I'm still a single mom. They're just grown up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, But anyway, I, I feel like my voice represents a lot of voices that needs to be sitting at the table where where decisions are made. And so I decided to run. Uh, First, I ran for school board in Cogga Falls, and I lost. Then I ran for city council and lost. But then I ran again in 15. And so I've uh, been, um, I was elected and then reelected four times. Um, But anyway, I think, I believe in democracy. I believe in representative government. And um, I think the only way that can happen is that if people like me are a voice at the table. Absolutely. I love that. So what do you see as the most pressing issues facing our city and how do you plan to address them? So truly, I mean, we're very lucky people because most of the complaints that we get are about speeding or potholes or, you know, things that <laughs> Skunks. Yeah, they'll never end. Those will never end. We can only uh, try to do what we can do. One of the things, though, that I do uh, about the speeding and maybe I think it's only had a small impact, but I hope so for 10 years, I've had an annual ward picnic at Oak Park, and I've invited the Cogga Falls Police Department to do a radar demonstration. And so people 
come to the curb and estimate the speed of cars going by. I've gotten oh. to be the speeding car before. I'm sorry. I did that. But, <laughs> that sounds um, like fun. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. <laughs> this last time, another police officer did it. <laughs> but people guess what the speed is, and people overestimate what the speed is. And the reason I think that's important is because people think that people speed on their uh, streets all the time, and I'm sure that's true. But it made me, as a driver, realize what 25 looks like to a person who's walking their dog or they're in their yard. So it slowed me down, and my my um, efforts there are to let people realize that people aren't going as fast as you think they are, and also that you are going faster than people would like. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of been a thing. It's a hard thing because it's personal behavior, and we can't legislate every driver every on every street. But um, right. so those are the uh, the common uh, complaints that that council people get. But I think as far as, uh, so I'm part of this, it, it's a new task force in Cuyahoga Falls. It's a year long project. Well, not quite a year. It'll end in December. It's called Rise Together, uh, Welcoming Work uh, Efforts. So I'm on this task force. And in the long run, as we know, countrywide, probably uh, worldwide, we have uh, way more jobs than we have people to fill them. And so this project is headed by a lovely uh, woman named Tanya Butler, and she uh, is coordinating herding cats, about maybe 30 people that are on this task force uh, with different um, positions in the community. And what we're trying to do is go forth using international newcomers to be able to come and fill jobs in Cuyahoga Falls. Uh, and to feel welcome here and to kind of coordinate that effort. So that's like a bigger uh, picture thing about needing people to fill our jobs here in Cuyahoga Falls. I, uh, as a, as I know that climate change is real and um, Mm -hmm. I'm also, uh, all along I've been involved in trying to promote sustainability uh, in Cuyahoga Falls. I'm on the green committee, which is part of the city. And then I, when I was, uh, council president, I created a city council committee called uh, Sustainability, Energy, and Environment. And we're just trying to work. It, you know, we look at individually what we can do. You know, I have LED lights, I drive a Prius, I try to conserve energy and all those things. But when you look at what's all the city buildings and all the grass mowing and all the things that a city does, that if we could manage to create a more sustainable operations within the city, that that has an even bigger impact. And I think as a resident, I want my city to do that. So mm. I've just worked on that in right, many ways right. over the years. Well, to that point, like you were saying, like <clears throat> I've been attending the gear up stuff that uh, the city's been doing. And I didn't realize that most of the city facilities do the rolling blackouts starting at what was it seven o'clock or eight o'clock, right. you know, and like we're all at a lot of those and, you know, there'll be tapping their wrist, you know, going like, hey, we got to worry about the time because we'll go black here, you know, or go dark in, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, you know. So I didn't realize like most of the city buildings shut down or at least conserve electricity, you know, and I mm-hmm. didn't realize that was a program that most of the city facilities are doing. Yeah, yeah um, we over time have um, changed out 6,000 uh, street lights to be LED. Oh, wow. um, we are looking at um, so, you know, we're, we're going to build a new electric building facility, electric department uh, on Cochrane Road and put solar panels on the top. It may only um, 
provide, let's say, 50% of the energy, but that's better than nothing, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, we're looking at uh, a way to have, so, you know, we're part of AMP, which is a municipal power, which is great because it's nonprofit. That means that we have lower electricity rates than, than people who are under a for-profit uh, system. But we're looking at battery storage. Um, anytime now that we have these high points, AMP, and it's a very complicated system, the electric uh, utility <laughs> in general, but they look at peak times of super hot days and then they'll look at those and then some of our rates are based on that. And it basically it's that we we have contracted with different projects to get a certain amount of the electricity that we think we're going to need. And we're we're locked into those contracts for different amounts of uh, time. And so let's say we're getting, you know, a million amps uh, every year. But if we go over that, we have to go out on the market to purchase that power. And of course, that's the time that everybody, the, the demand is high and the cost is higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our intention would be to reduce the amount of peak uh, hours that we yeah. use. And some of the ways we can do that, hopefully, is with adding more solar. Uh, that's even mm -hmm. to homes. That will help. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we want to store it by battery instead of cranking up those. Um, the generators <laughs> over. By yes. It just, seven. Yes. Yes. So we're going to. Anyway, we're just moving toward that, I think, to reduce the amount of peak uh, power that we need so that it costs over overall costs everybody less. Yeah, that is that's fantastic. I actually didn't know that that was happening. So that's good to know. Um, is there any kind of like website or any kind of if anybody wants more information about what the city is doing about the task force or, about you know, the possibly solar panels for their house? Is there anywhere that somebody can reach out if they're interested in doing that? They really should just contact me. And but you've really just brought up a great point because, you know, communication obviously is important. That's why I appreciate the Falls Free Press, because as we know, the Falls News Press is no longer delivering. Um, mm -hmm. There's just a void of information. And but you just made that suggestion that that's what we the city website should have sort of a yeah. a resource page. Well, thank you, Suzanne. Oh, also, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but, you know. You are also part of a reason that we have a new one now. You and I, uh, well, okay, it was Patrick's birthday. And mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and you were telling me about uh, a stray dog yeah. uh, that you, mm -hmm. you caught, and it was before work, and you called a lot of places, and you were unable to remedy it, and you had to just go to work. Yeah. And uh, that has opened uh, my eyes and some other people. So... Um, I've met with community development, the police department, housing, uh, law, and we all talked about what some of the animal issues are. That was like just the first step to identify it. And then we realized, I mean, the chief said, now I, I, I might be wrong. It was several hundred calls that the police department has received about various animals. It's not all dogs. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so that is kind of a project that I'm working on to try to wow. figure out how we can solve some of those problems. And the first step was though that community development, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. They put, they put um, there is a place now at the website that kind of guides you. Not that you're gonna remedy it, but it at least tells you who to call and who does what. Because it's- That is fantastic. Good, yeah. So thank you, Suzanne. Oh, you're welcome, wow. Yeah, because you know, like the, the police are, 
they do respond to like barking dog complaints. Yeah. They'll leave a card on somebody's door if they don't answer. But a loose dog, uh, that's mm-hmm. a bigger problem. Depends on time of day. Depends on who's yeah. who's on, who's available to to take care of it. And as we know, the dog pound, as it used to be called, like they you have to bring to them. They don't mm-hmm. come, and then they're so full that they oftentimes can't accept animals. So we're trying to work on it from a lot of angles. But it probably will be. And the, and the way I, as a council person, was uh, part of it is to say. I and other council people are strongly in favor of you adding to the budget a person who could handle these things. Wow. Um, so that's all in the works. That is amazing. Cool. And so there is on the city web page, you can now have like a resource where you can go in there and at least find people that could potentially handle situations like that. And you could reach out and contact them. Yes. That's well, great. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's definitely great. So, um, how do you plan to engage the community talking about communication to ensure their concerns and needs are being heard and considered? Um, so I've always, as I say, for 10 years, I've had an annual word for picnic. And then I always have the radar mm-hmm. demonstration. This year we had the canine officer as well. So it was a big deal. No, that's cool. Um, <laughs> but I have always, um, I have had newsletters before, but I'm more of kind of an in-person kind of person. And I know COVID slowed it, but I just recently had a Ward 4 meeting and I had um, Chief Martin from the fire department come uh, and talk about the new training center and the new fire uh, station Mm -hmm. in Ward 8. I've had, I mean, they were probably four times a year I had uh, Ward 4 meetings, usually at the library, but a variety of topics, but always whatever people have brought up to me that I think, you know, people need to hear need uh, answers for. One was called skunk and uh, skunks and other critters. <laughs> I had a guy from Ohio Department of Natural Resources come and, and talk. And um, so I, plus, you know, I, my phone number, my uh, email, people can contact me anytime. We very often counsel people are like the facilitator of the resources, you know, right. you're like, oh, here's who you need to talk to about that. Mm-hmm. Or I contact someone and uh, try to help get people's problems addressed. Yeah, no, you're very good um, with that communication, but I know that it has been some complaints that they don't, you know, some people don't know who to reach out to. So that's great that you um, facilitate um, the meetings and the picnics and you are very readily available. So we do appreciate that. Um, What steps will you take to ensure transparency in your decision-making process while serving on the city council? I think probably those same things like the meetings Mm -hmm. and everything. And it is hard because obviously uh, people can't come to the council meetings, although someone named Tom Sullivan does. And I appreciate (laughs) very much, Mm -hmm. you know, his um, really just letting people know what legislation is being considered. That's really important. Um, There's so much. And I've had and I'm not sure of the uh, solution to this, but I can tell you that I have mentioned to City Hall that they perhaps should put out a newsletter because Mm. When people say they don't know this, that, or the other. So let's say that as a Ward 4 person, I put out something about things happening in this ward, but they affect everyone. So really, you need something that everyone is going to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and who better than the city? Because they're the experts about what they're, Absolutely. What they're doing. Absolutely. Now, you know, uh, the NECO department, though, neighborhood ambassadors, that's sort of the intention of them. And I know COVID slowed it down, but... Um, Anyone, anytime can contact City Hall and ask for a, it's FYI meeting that the mayor will come to your 
front yard and NECA will notify people in your neighborhood and he, the mayor will talk about things that are going on and answer questions. And so the city council people are also invited to those and they participate. So, yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, I think the mayor did that on our street uh, a couple years back. And mm-hmm. that was that was a really cool thing to be able to have them just in, in the driveway and just yeah. talking, you know, so that's fantastic. What do you bring to the table for the new young voters? Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of energy and I have a lot of, I have a lovely lot of enthusiasm for young people because certainly just like the climate mm-hmm. things, I mean, how dare we not address these things for future generations? And I have kids yep. that my daughter's pregnant and due on October 21st. So first oh grandbaby's on the way. <laughs> That's fantastic. Very exciting. Do you know but, if it's a boy uh, or a girl? It's a girl. Oh, exciting. Yeah. They haven't Yay. settled on the name yet, but uh, okay. Suzanne's yes. a great name if they want to, if they're looking for ideas. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll yeah. pass it along. Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, but I think young people should be involved in as many things as possible. You know, the mayor does the youth council, which is a cool thing. Yes. It's high schoolers that come yes. and sit in the council seats on committee nights and they go over different topics, whether it's journalism or, or police, fire, all the different things. Uh, but I uh, would really like to see so and this is also in the works for council to create a sustainability board or commission that would include the public. But I would insist that there be a high schooler from both Woodridge and Cargo Falls High School on that committee, because certainly we're talking about their future as much as anything. So, yeah, um, absolutely. yeah, no, I. um I appreciate young people so much because, you know, you go through the world and lots of people are like, you can't do this. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And then you hear a young person and basically they're like, well, that's not okay. Let's do it a different way. And I'm all ears on that because that's the only way we're going to survive this planet. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they have um, a strong investment. I've noticed this generation, the younger generation, they really are into, you know, more of the environmental issues and, you know, because it's affecting them. I'm talking about cost of living and the cost of, you know, tuition and, you know, housing and everything like that. So I love that. I love that, you know, you're going to assist on um, high schoolers. I mean, we have very smart kiddos in our schools that I think that's a great idea. You've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but um, I'm going to ask this question anyways. What kind of programs can be implemented in the other populated areas of the city to make the city more attractive to younger first-time home buyers? Great question. So um, I just, they have just created this mini master plan um, task force of which, or uh, I am a member. Uh, So this, you know, the great success of Front Street, but Front Street is unique. You know, you can't replicate exactly what happened there anywhere else. but this, these mini uh, master plans are for Northmoreland Bailey Road and also for South State Road. And the idea is to find out what would work in those areas to kind of make them more uh, walkable and appe- appealing to, to young people and to people to move in. So I'm part of that. But also the sustainability things are obviously, you know, do you, I don't know if you're going to. Here's my cat's tail. Anyway. So um, also the Rise Together, I think, is also something that will bring, be attractive to young people. Um, And as far as our housing goes, I mean, we all know how crazy it is. The prices have gone up. 
people are outbidding one another in ridiculous ways. I sure hope that will stabilize a little bit. But um, I think our city is very appealing to young people for the sustainability, for the recreation and the, the river. I think our downtown attracts a lot of uh, young people. And on the alternate side, though, I do want to mention that I think it's very, very important that we try to keep people who are currently in their affordable home, we'll say, uh, can keep it. And uh, our CDBG money a lot of times goes housing will will help people to find funds to renovate their homes, but I have really been pushing for them to uh, renovate in sustainable ways. And um, it looks like it would be possible for us to sort of add those kind of requirements of whoever those homes get. I don't mean on the homeowner, but I mean, they can renovate in ways that are energy saving and we would help to fund it through these different programs. So that can keep people in their homes uh, for a longer period of time. Because when people talk about affordable housing, the most affordable housing is the home you already live in. Right. Right. You just need to be able to stay there. (laughs) No. No. So the last um, serious question we have for you is how will you measure the success of your tenure on the council? What would success look like for you? Success to me would uh, be that our sustainability efforts are widespread. I would love to see us do 100% renewable energy. That can happen, but not in the short term. But success to me would be that every time we have one of the contracts, it's like a portfolio of where we get our energy, that each time a contract ends, that we fill it with a sustainable source of energy. We're already at about 40%, which I think is pretty impressive. That is. Um, So uh, that would be a success for me. Also, a success would be to have more people and young people engaged. And I see it. It is happening, which is very hard. That makes my heart do, does good things for my heart. But um, that would be a success. And I think just having people really know that local government serves them, to have people who hold the offices truly be public servants. And we have that right now. Um, And so as long as that remains, I think that's a big success for the city. I want to know that I've done positive things to improve. And uh, I I truly, my my motto is like, you know, to those much is given, much is expected. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm such a fortunate person to live here, to be able Mm -hmm. to do what I can do. And I just want to make sure that all of that is um, well used. You are a very, very busy gal. It sounds like you are, you know, you're doing a lot of great things and we definitely wish you the best of success with your run. I have truly appreciated you being our city council person um, on a personal note. Anytime I might have messaged you, you've always gotten back to me, gave me the resources that I might need if you weren't the one to answer my question. So we do wish you the best of luck. And I have kind of a fun question. So are you ready? Sure. (laughs) All right. If the city council were to have a theme song that played every time you walked into a council meeting, what song would best represent the energy and spirit you bring to the table? Oh, man. I know. That's it. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to share this. This was when I first started on council Mm -hmm. and I walked out of the first meeting and a fellow council person was walking with me and I started singing 
Power to the people. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to go with that. Yes. No, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Well, does anybody else have any questions for Mary that we haven't already asked? Uh, Some of the renewable resource information that you were talking about, uh, is that available on the website? I can't remember if you said it was or if I know you said go to you with a lot of the questions, but it is not currently. But because of this question, I'm going to. Uh, try to make that happen. We should have a, okay, a particular uh, resource. Now, we have a nice young man named uh, Bryce Pulley who works in the NECO department, and he does a lot of things with energy. He goes into the schools and, and uh, does some teaching, part of the tree board. I'm on the tree board. He does some mm-hmm. things uh, with that, and he's part of the green committee, which, by the way, too, I'll, I'll just throw out there also, you know, those solar umbrellas that we have downtown. That's mm-hmm. because of uh, the Green Committee that I'm on, we, we've we gotten some um, NOPEC uh, grant funding, and that's what we've used it for, and, we're, and we've put the one electric vehicle charger uh, down at the parking lot of Summit DD, and we're looking at uh, putting a couple more in soon. So okay. uh, so I, I hope to grant your wishes, you guys, and we'll have a place <laughs> on the website. For uh, people that don't know, what is the city website it's cityofcf.com city of cf it is dot com cityofcf.com also if i may uh announce Mm -hmm. a public uh rise together is having a community meeting on september 21st let me look to see the time sorry yeah september 21st at the nat it's a community event from 6 to 7 30 p.m okay and it's basically to give some of the information about this a welcoming workforce what the plans are, how people can help, um, and they are, that we, I'll say, uh, are promoting three pilot programs. One is for international students, one is uh, just called International Voices, and now I can't remember the third one. But anyway, um, if anyone's interested, September 21st at the NAT at six o'clock to learn more about it and how people can get involved. Because so many employers are, that's the third one, welcoming employers. Okay. (laughs) People are interested in finding out how to access uh, people to work in their places because everybody's experiencing a shortage. Yes. Yeah. I, I on the solar energy for residential. Are we allowed to do that now? You yes. Are we- people are allowed. We have about 20 people in the city currently with solar on their um, homes. The details. So pre-COVID, I had people from Solar United Neighbors, their nonprofit who uh, do solar co-ops. And I had them come and speak with all of the administration and the mayor. And then we did another meeting with them and we were ready to go forward with a public meeting. Uh, Then COVID hit and one of the possible monetary resources for that went under. So we're kind of at a standstill, but I do plan to bring that back. And the way that works is they're, you know, they're not a city company, but they're a nonprofit who works with cities and they come in, they do a big meeting, they explain to everybody what solar is, kind of how much it costs, uh, like that it should be on south-facing roofs, and, and you know, just give the information. Then they're like, okay, if you are interested in it still, let's meet again in two weeks. That So they do it until they get people to commit to being part of the co-op, and then once the people, let's say it's 30 homes that they say they want solar, so Solar United Neighbors shops it according to what the people 
have prioritized, whether it's that they be union workers, whether it be the warranty, the cost, any of those things. And then they will shop it. And then they say to these 30 people of the co-op, here are the companies that we've uh, contacted. Here's what, and then those people choose it and then they get their solar co-op. So they, they should be able to buy more with less because it is a co-op, it's just buying in bulk. Um, so that I'm sure is coming. The problem is it's not cheap, it's not cheaper now. Yeah. And there was uh, an effort through Summit County that used the Toledo Port Authority, why that is, I don't know, but it was going to be pace loans where you could, let's say you needed $30,000 to put solar on your home and then it would be paid and then it would go on your tax assessment. So you didn't have to come up with the money through like a home equity loan oh, or anything. Okay. Yeah. But then during COVID it tanked. So I don't want to be depressing, but it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a good question, Kathy. Anybody else have any other questions or. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say, Mary? Wanted to get oh. into it. Yeah, not really. I just uh, I just appreciate this very much. You know, I, I love being on council. I feel like uh, I'm a very effective, enthusiastic person and I mm-hmm. would like to remain there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely understandable. So if anybody wants to help you with your campaign, where can they reach out to you? Oh, they could. Thank you. They could email me at mac40oh at gmail.com or call me 337 Six one six seven. Can you accept text messages as well? If somebody wants absolutely. To text you? Yeah, those are probably preferred, right? <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. Talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do appreciate you uh, agreeing to be interviewed. Hopefully, this wasn't too painful, and we um, really do appreciate um, everything that you're doing. And thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Yes, you too. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, you guys. Thanks. Okay, this is Tom Sullivan from the Falls Free Press. And with the 2023 City Council elections around the corner, the Falls Free Press will be holding questions and answer sessions with all the candidates. This session is with Council at Large candidate Jeff Iola. Jeff, we're going to start off and ask you seven, eight questions, uh, just so people can get to know you. Number one, briefly introduce yourself and explain what motivates you to run for city council. Hi, I'm Jeff Ayula, and uh, I have run before for city council. I actually was fortunate enough that uh, that I was on as a council at large for about 12 years in the city, and then I stepped down about two years ago, and uh, a couple people asked me again to run this year, and and at first, I wasn't going to because I'm, I've been kind of busy with a few things. And then when somebody had to step down, they needed someone that maybe, uh, you know, would give them a good chance and everything. And, and I really enjoyed the 12 years I was on. I felt like I was on a real team. It wasn't Democrats and Republicans or anything. It was, no, we were all one team for Cuyahoga Falls. And that's what I've always believed, whether... It was Don Robart, it was Don Walters, or Don whoever. I get along with all of them, and that is my my number one thing, and, and I'd like to serve the city again. What do you see as the most pressing issues facing our city, and how would you plan on addressing any of them? The hardest uh, issues, really, with the city, I think, is uh, a lot of the city is not new. You know, for one thing, I mean, 
from the from some of the schools on down that uh, you know the streets. There's a lot of them that are old on there. Now, not the Northampton area, the Ward Eight. That's pretty good because that's where a lot of our our new industry and everything else is. That part's good. But the old part of the city, the old seven wards that we had forever and ever, it, it needs a lot of repairs. And plus, this was a great bedroom community way back in or com- committee and city community back in you know in the fifth. In the 60s. Well, now that was, you know, 60 and 70 years ago. So we have to update all those. I, I worry about a lot of that. And the other thing is the schools. I'm very, very excited that we're going to get a new high school finally. We're going to be the last one probably in the county, but we're finally going to get a new one. They're really building it very quickly now. You can see even bricks being built and all. And that part's great. But what about the grade schools, you know, we had uh, 10 grade schools when I was in the falls and now we're down to six and all those, every one of them's at least 50 years old. I think DeWitt's maybe 49, but all the rest of them are, are, you know, over 50, 60 years old and we need to update those and get it. I mean, you know, when you have 90 degrees like we have this last week, those kids can't stand, you know, being in the school very long. God, they're all going crazy. But uh, I, I believe that I think that we maybe have to do another levy for the schools, whatever. We've got to try to get more and more industry. We don't have a lot of space, but we still have some up in the in the Ward 8 that used to be, for, you know, the old Northampton. And uh, it's still a great community. Front Street is going so well. I think it's going to continue to keep going even better yet. I think that part's good. Portage Crossing is still very nice and that's that's looking better all the time we we filled everything there and uh, I think we could still fill a little more state road uh, I know down towards the southern end of it there's some buildings but they aren't being used and I think we need to use those too okay uh, how do you plan on engaging with the community to ensure that their concerns or, and needs are being heard and being considered um, not sure exactly how how you want that, but I mean, I would be glad to meet with anybody anytime. I've been involved with a lot of organizations, everything from the, uh, at one time I was on the Alumni Association. I'd like to get back involved in that with the Falls. Uh, I was on board of zoning appeals, as you well know, one time. Uh, I've been with the, the Falls First Methodist Church on their board. Just any, you know, any type of thing I was, uh, uh, actually a board member for the Cheney school system for about eight years. So I dealt with quite a few people over in that area. And uh, I'd be glad to meet anytime I, because of, of, I guess what I look like or whatever, people recognize me easily because I'm not exactly seven foot and play basketball, that people run into me, whether it's at a grocery store or at a movie theater or at a bowling alley like last night I was at. And I'd be glad to talk to anybody and try to see what their needs are and come up. And I did that when I was on council for 12 years, and I'd like to do it again. The next question is, what steps will you take to ensure transparency on your decision-making process while serving on city council? Okay. Well, that's a... It's a very good question. Uh, As far as being transparent, I believe in just what in down in my mind and what I think is right, whether my next partner next to me on council is or whether it's the Democrats, it's the Republicans, it's whatever. It's 
whatever I think is really the best for the city. You know, one of the things they finally did was they put the wards, they separated them right. I wanted that 11 years ago, but I didn't quite have enough majority to get that through. But now, typical is on the east side of Cuyahoga Falls, we have two wards, not four. And on the west side of Cuyahoga Falls is where we have the other six. And that makes a lot of sense. Instead of sharing half of it, on one side and the other, it's it's just much simpler. Or better now. alignment. Of better the alignment of it, and and I like and Tommy, as you well know, you lived right in the middle of that whole big asshole, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's one of the things I I just like. But uh, you know, I always believed when I was first on council, I was so new and so nervous and all, and I would look up at a few of the people, and there were two or three of them that had been on for fifteen twenty years, so I would definitely take their advice, but I would still think well. Is that really the best answer or not? And whether it was the mayor or who it was, and I, I just, you know, uh, uh, want to try to believe what I can is the best situation for each each uh, problem that we have in the falls. And we don't have that many problems. We are doing very successful, and I think the falls is is doing great with the administration and council. Now this one is because this one hits both of us at home. What do you bring to the table for the new younger voters? That's very, very good question, because that is one of the biggest challenges we have right now, both not just nationwide, statewide, or even the county. You know, I'm 71 years old. I don't want to really admit it, but I am. And I'm not even old enough to be the county executive, the governor of the state of Ohio, or the president or vice president. What the heck is going on? We have to get this younger group in there, and we've got to get them enthused on it. And I'm not sure what it takes. I know when I was very young, when I was 18, 20 years old, that's when the vote went from 21 to 18. And a lot of my colleagues and my you know friends and all, they were getting behind it and starting to help with the voting. And we have to get that again. Even on council, we're finally starting to get that next generation in there. When I was first on, I was like the sixth oldest on council and I was in my late 50s. So now we're finally starting to get some in the 30s and 40s. And that's what we need to do. You know, we've got to bring this city forward. And I, and I think we give them a lot of things to do in the city, the younger ones. But to really get them more active, I, I think that it's going to take a little bit of work. All right. This one's just a little lengthy, but that's a good answer. What kind of programs can be, can be implemented in the other densely populated areas of the city that are not Ward 8 to make the city more attractive to younger first-time home buyers? Other councils in the past, and I think you'll recall this, had implemented changes in terms of preserving housing stock in the central part of the city, such as uh, loan abatements for uh, that area off of Taylor, the paint programs and things like that to help younger couples. But a lot of those programs had sunsetted. And I think a lot of them sunsetted prior to even anybody on the current scene holding office. What 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 do you think you could bring to the table to make uh, these, these areas of the city more them, attractive? Yeah, I, I like that when they did that, when they were helping with the paint program and, and other things to fix up your houses. In fact, my son-in-law, he was able to, and, and, and he... He wasn't my son-in-law then, so I had no connection, no relative or anything. But he able he was able to get some of his because he was in his mid twenties then and just trying to buy a house. And uh, a lot of them, we need to get back to that to help. This is a really uh, 
$100,000 bedroom community. So many of these houses still were, but that's because they were all built in the 50s when they only went for 15, 20,000. And of course, now they're, they're a lot more, but we've got to get the younger ones in. I think the school system is one of the biggest things we have to really push to get the younger people in there is that they want to, they want their kid to go to a first-class school with first-class teachers and a lot of new. And, and you know, like I said, that the schools, I, I, I'd love to see them build two new schools even on the east side there. Price and Preston are both 65 years old, and, and that's, you know, it's it's time to get some new ones there. And hopefully that would get the younger people to come. And I know with the high school coming, that's going to help some, but the ones that really are just getting the, the young, uh, you know, the first through sixth graders, those we have to catch first. Okay. And how will you measure the success of your tenure on council? How did I measure? How on, will you measure? How will I measure? Oh, when, yeah. if I would go ahead. If with, you, if not you what win. I did in the past. No, if, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, or it could be the okay. same answer. Oh, okay. In, in the past, I, I, I can say it very easily. I think we succeeded very much in the 12 years that, uh, that I was on there. Not only because we are building a brand new high school finally after 100 years, but Portage Crossing finally was built during my tender. And, and after whatever, 44 years or whatever it was, we opened Front Street. Yes, that cost us a lot of money, but that is so successful. I mean, I call it, that's Walter's way, whatever you want to say. And, he, he helped build it, the mayor did, and man, that has been so, you know, so terrific, and it's going so much. Whether you drive down there 11 in the morning or 11 at night, there are people walking around and visiting shops and, and restaurants and, and, and food places and everything, and that's so good. And that that's what my past was. My future is that, that I hope that, uh, that we can continue. We can make State Road a lot better again. That was really good. The State Road's problem was, just like Front Street, Front Street's was because Chapel Hill was built. State Road was because the expressway was built. And everybody stopped going on the, on State Road much. And, uh, uh, you know, would just get on the expressway and they'd fly through and go to Stowe or Hudson or whatever. We want them to get back and stop at the Falls more and get it up on State Road. And I think that that would be, that's, that's one of the things that I would really look at to try to expand on and, uh, uh, try to help, uh, some of the communities. And like you said, some of the really older houses and older areas. I mean, I grew up in Lynn Acres. And that was back in the mid-50s. Those houses are really looking uh, a little tougher now. They need some help. And they were brand-new houses. My family was the first ones to, you know, to own the house over in that area. And it's time in the different allotments that we do in the old half of the city. You know, not Ward 8, but the rest of it. And get a lot of those. Even the swimming pool neighborhood where the mayor lives. You know, that's a great neighborhood, but you can tell now that is 60-some years old, so that needs a little help. They all do, but I, I think we can succeed, and we're very lucky. We've been much more frugal with our money, and we've been able to keep quite a bit in it, so if we need something, if we have another big uh, rainstorms and that where we really cost us a lot of money or bad snowstorms, we've been very lucky the last four or five years as far as snow goes, and that saves us money, but but we have to just continue to keep doing that. And I think with the team that's, that's on here right now on council and with maybe getting a couple new people on there maybe, uh, I think we can continue that and uh, still make it the best damn team in the county. Okay. All right, the last question, Jeff, is kind of a 
It's labeled as a fun question. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, if the city council were to have a theme song that played every time you walked into a council meeting, what song would best represent the energy and spirit you're bringing to the table? Wow. I'm, you know, Tommy, I'm not a super music person. I'll admit that. I got thrown out of a fifth grade choir, and I did play the trumpet for about six months one time. But... Uh, um, I'd like to see, and and because of my former occupation, and we all know that I was into racing, I guess, very much, that we are the champions. And I I think that that that's kind of the theme song, and and we are the champions in in Kyle Balls. We've done very well, and I think we can continue to do it. And, and, uh, you know, maybe we don't have the best football team or the best basketball team or whatever in the area, but, you know, we're still a great city. We're doing so well there, and... uh, I would hear we are the champions every year at our Derby Awards show, and it, it kind of really pumped me up, getting me ready for the next year. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, please look forward to more of these as we get closer to the election. Thanks, Jeff. Fallscast is a production of the Falls Free Press in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Please check out the Falls Free Press at fallsfreepress.com or on social media at facebook.com slash fallsfreepress. We thank you for listening to this episode, which was recorded and edited by Bart Sullivan. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell your call to Falls friends and family so they can listen as well. Sounds good. We have Blue's Clues. I'm obligated Sorry, to laugh. Bart. Sorry. It was <laughs> no, part of not. our marriage contract. No, no, it wasn't.